course that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy and tries to help it help us take it a little easier. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. So last week, we were talking about the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh, ostensibly, we were supposed to talk about the first half, uh, but because I wasn't looking at my notes carefully enough, uh, we did chapters one, or parts, sections one, two, and four, because three and four both start with P, and it was confusing to me. So, wah, wah. so <laughs> Exactly. So this week we're going to talk about three, five, and six. <laughs> so, God, oh well. Sorry, everybody. I, I just, I messed up, okay? It happens. Um, so the first part that we're going to talk about is uh, permission. And it's about giving yourself permission to, to enjoy your work and to do your work. Um, the quote that I wrote down from this section is, uh, well, first of all, just to stop complaining, <laughs> uh, which I like, yeah, okay. Um, but she said, be the weirdo who dares to enjoy. Like, to be like, yeah, no, this is great. And I, I kind of think about, like, like, the great Gonzo, you know, mm -hmm. like how he would, he was always like, Here's this ridiculous, dangerous, insane stunt I'm going to do. And he's like, yeah, it'll be great. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's channel Gonzo here. Let's get a little Gonzo when it comes to writing. Whereas your inner, I don't know, maybe Kermit might be saying, oh, my God, you can't do that. That's a horrible idea. Uh, your inner Gonzo says, no, nah, let's just go for it. Do it. Yeah, I, I like, I actually like this section. A lot of stuff resonated with me. And she opens the section talking about, like, you don't need permission. You don't need anyone's mm -hmm. permission to be creative or to live a creative life. And that is something that I struggled with, especially early on, because I thought only certain people are creative. You have to have certain things to be creative. We talked about this on the show before about mm -hmm. uh, the resources that you need to be a writer and to write full time and how there's some amount of privilege there. And so this unlocked a lot of things for me around, like, being confident enough in myself and my own artistic journey that I don't need permission from my parents or friends or peers or colleagues or other people that I work with to say you can be creative or you're good at being creative. I can just trust in myself and give myself permission to do whatever creative project I want. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because you, you tend to feel I, for some reason, and I think this was in the book, but for some reason, whenever you try to do something creative, it, you're judged by like how well you do it you know like if I said oh I, I play golf do people go oh are, are you a professional golfer you know like right. no right that don't do but if I say oh I'm a writer like oh what have you published you yeah. know like that's the only legitimate thing whereas which is so crazy because there's that's only in creative fields do you do that and it's a it's a ridiculous thing you, you're creative to be creative you're you're making the thing to make the thing and the career part is a, a completely separate thing and if that part never happens it doesn't make it any less real you know yeah exactly and I think that this what this book does well is it talks about it doesn't limit the creativity right it doesn't try mm -hmm. to say like creativity is writing this type of fiction book or yeah. <laughs> you know it's like it's painting and it's art and it's dance and you can apply this to everything in life and I think that so many people get hung up on creating as like I have a paintbrush in my hand or I'm acting in a play that they don't think about 
cooking. Cooking is creative. It's yeah. highly creative, right? Like coding is creative. Inventing something is creative. Yes. Engineering is creative. So like there's so many other ways where I think there's a lot of people who can benefit from this book who don't see themselves as artists or don't see themselves as creatives, but actually are doing a lot of creative things and could have a whole new level of, of playing field and, and growth if they allow themselves yeah. more freedom to explore and play. Well, because you, you, you can't not be creative, right? I mean, I think that was one of the things she says in the book is like, you, you can't not to say, oh, I'm creative. I'm not like you're a human being. You are creative, like by nature. And yeah, to be able to then take this and, you know, find more enjoyment and more fulfillment out of the things that you are doing, which are by definition, by nature, creative. And to, to have more fun with them and to be to be more fulfilled by them. Yeah, I can't remember if it's in this section where she talks about um, being a being creative instead of being a consumer. But I've, I've read about this in other yes. books where they talk about like, are you just consuming content that comes to you? Or are you actually creating? And it engages a different part of your mind and your body and your soul, I think, to to create, to bring something to life. Um, and I think that's why people get really anxious about like, oh, this person's watching so much television or they're, they have too much screen time because you're not actually taking time to use your imagination and to get that charge of connecting ideas and seeing possibilities. It's just, I don't think that one is worse than the other necessarily because I need people to consume my content, but, <laughs> but there's yeah. a different, it, 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 you need that balance. And I think it is important yeah. for some folks to say like, hey, how am I creating? How am I doing something, making something in this world? And I think the term artist is is very loaded. Um, I, I have a, a friend who who makes beautiful stained glass and I saw him like, oh, you're an artist. And she's like, nah, I, I'm an artisan. And, you know, she, whatever she, she wants to call herself, she's making the thing. She's happy. So I'm not judging. But part of me just went, oh, but, but you don't, it's not like, it's, it doesn't have to be that special. Like you made a thing. Congratulations. You're an artist. Yeah. So it's a, it's a frustrating thing. And I think if you want to be, to live a creative life as this book, you know, advocates, you need to look at that and what, what it means to be an artist to you and, and are you making it too exclusive because it's not, <laughs> it's not <exclusive laughs> all. um all right yeah then just don't take it so seriously and then i think the next part was trust I, I don't know if it's this was a section with the lobster costume or if it was the trust section do you, I, don't do you, remember I don't remember the lobster costume. <laughs> you don't remember the lobster costume? No, okay. not at all. So this story was amazing where he, she told this story about this guy who was in France or Germany. So he was in Europe. He was a, an artist studying in Europe. And he met someone and they invited him to this very fancy party, this very fancy place. And she said, it's a costume party. Um, and... You know, English wasn't the first language for these people, and German or or whatever wasn't the first language for the other guy. So, whatever he he got the invitation. He's like, great, I'm going to come to this party, and he worked really hard on his costume. It was he loved it. Um, so then he comes. You know, the day of the party arrives, he puts his costume on, he goes ready to show it off, and he realizes that yes, it's a costume party, but it's a was a fancy medieval themed costume party. <laughs> 
<laughs> so everyone's dre- wearing these like fancy gowns with you know frilly things and jewelry and crowns and you know all this sort of stuff and and he walks in dressed like a lobster like he's in a red leotard with claws <laughs> that he made himself and like then a big tail he's a lobster and you know she said he could have just turned around and went home and like because that's what i would have done but instead what he did and she said that his time as an artist was what prepared him for this so he went fuck it here we go let's go on in so he went into the party told people that he was the court lobster and uh you know if anyone asked what he was well, yeah, i'm the court lobster of course and had a blast ended up dancing with like the queen of sweden or something I, I don't remember exactly who it was but you know he he was the life of the party he was everyone was so happy that he was so silly and fun and yeah. that was amazing that he was able to just trust in his weirdness um embrace it and just be like yep i'm the weirdo and just go for it it was incredible and he and he was loved for it he wasn't he wasn't reviled for it you know, this wasn't junior high where they're like, oh, my yes. God, right? This is, these were adults, and they were like, that's hilarious. So I, I that story stuck with me a lot. That's a... Apparently it, not with you, though, because you don't even it, remember it. <laughs> I remember, like, I vaguely remember a costume, but I clearly, on the audiobook, tuned out. <laughs> so I'm like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> but, I mean, it's yeah. funny because that... To me, I would have done the same thing. I, I or I would I would have walked. I would have just not gone in. I would have freaked oh, out. No I would be. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that goes to a party and like peers into the window and is like, okay, to like sure just to make house. sure I'm at the right place. That I like yes. I'm okay. I look right. Like I get very very anxious. In fact, I did that at Comic Con last year. I went to. Uh, there was like a mixer for TV writers, and there were a whole bunch mm-hmm. of people on shows that I liked and they're like it's open Mm -hmm. anybody who's writing television can come it's at a bar like you know come and hang out and I could not get myself to go in because I was so Mm -hmm. intimidated and I I called my friend and I was like I'm sitting outside of the bar (laughs) I can't go in it's like it's like because I can't because I just didn't have enough confidence in myself as like a writer and that I'm I was part of that tribe um yeah and it's funny to see how in like the last year and a half how much I've grown and changed and from that perspective but I see like I want to be him I want to be able to feel confident and embrace being different because that's what makes you memorable right like everybody probably remembers him yeah and it's scary but you know also part of being of living a creative life gives you that courage is part of what she was saying yeah now do you ever do the thing I know I do this when I see someone who is breaking the perceived rules that I think are there I get really nervous for them Oh, yeah. like, oh god don't do it don't don't oh god no 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 and of course they're fine because the rule that i am that they are breaking is not one that really exists in the world yep so i get anxiety yeah. for other people <laughs> like, yeah this is like i can't i i can't even watch some sporting events i can't watch gymnastics anymore i get so terrified <laughs> or ice skating like because i'm yeah. so it's terrified like, no. that they're gonna fall um and I'm like, but they've worked so hard and I want to root you on, but I can't watch. <laughs> like, That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's part of the part of the fight you have to fight with yourself and, you know, coming to terms with the outside world. 
you know, when your art meets it, you know. Um, so the, we didn't talk about the trust section at all. If if the, this was that, then great. If not, there was one part, there's just a lot of things about um, loving your art and, and, and thinking that it loves you back. Is a really, it was a really interesting way of looking at it, and I, and I like that very much. To say, um, you know, it likes you, you're there, you know, it's a, it's, you're choosing love over suffering, one thing that she says. Oh. You know, the work loves me as much as I love it. Um, and do, do you ever, do you get that? Or do you, what, do you ever like, feel like your work loves you or you love your work or I fighting each other? I am, I am in a healthy relationship with my art right now. Nice. Uh, like, and I think that part of it comes with confidence. Um, and some of it is trust. It, I mean, it really is. It's trust and faith that like the yeah. story that needs to come out will come out. And even mm-hmm. if I'm having a bad day or even if I'm writing a project that's not working, I've had enough success in stories like getting to that moment where things gel that I'm like, I know this is the path and I know it will click mm-hmm. eventually, but maybe today's not the day and that's okay. So I think there is, yeah. it, it is something that I have found to be true. And now I've been doing this for almost, I've been writing for 17 years. That's really mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um but like pursuing it and learning and taking specific classes to mm-hmm. write full time. So like I have a different level of, of different relationship than yeah. someone who's just starting out. And it's experience. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it comes just to time. So but, you know, I, I see people ask like, oh, my God, how do I get better? How do I solve this problem? Like, just keep going. You'll figure yeah. it out. Just keep going. It's always the advice. Just keep swimming. The- but uh, the, oh, but oh, OK. The other thing about this section that really got me and part of the reason why I, I looked at this book was like whoa is that she talked about a trickster spirit yes you know, reject the martyr and be the trickster and the trickster always trusts that it'll work out you know that 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 his trick is going to work and that you know it'll that, that that he'll find a way out and it'll be fine you know you don't see the the trickster ever stressing just kind of like hey and this resonated with me a lot because the trickster has, has been a kind of a totemic uh, archetype for me um I, I i've been inspired by a lot of uh tricksters in fact my thesis novel had a, a the main character was a trickster and so the fact that she used that word i was like whoa, whoa wait hey whoa 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 that's that's whoa that's my thing what that's crazy <laughs> so i was really excited by that um probably read into it but uh but yeah so and i think that's an important archetype i think the reason why that archetype resonates with me so much is because Maybe it's like my true nature that I need to embrace. You know, like this is what I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be going. And I, you know, and that's what might be being suppressed. Not as much now as it used to be, but. Um, and so, yeah, that's that resonated with me so much. It's like, yes, be a trickster. That's what I want to do. And uh, yeah, that, that, you know, just talk about big magic. That was a big magic moment for me. Yeah, the trickster that I did not expect, like when I saw that and heard it and I was like, oh, this is a really interesting concept of trickster because trickster mm-hmm. so often gets labeled as the villain, right? As the bad guy, as the person who's like sabotaging or like not following the rules. And it, it's it's just it's an archetype that exists in multiple stories in multiple cultures. And I never thought of it as this this other, this alternative to the martyr. Hmm. 
Mm, yeah. In the way that they're talking, in the way that she's talking about art. And so much of what resonated for me and what I think we've talked about several times on this show is this idea that you have to sacrifice, that art has to be painful, yeah. that you have to, like, if you are not suffering, if you are not bleeding, then your story is not, like, of value or, like, yeah. I, I believe that there's some digging and some self-reflection that you have to do in the creative process, but I just don't agree with the fact that, like, you should be, like, incredibly depressed, <laughs> living yeah. in poverty, like drinking yourself to death because your art isn't good enough, right? And if, if you're not doing those things and you're somehow a sellout or not a good artist or, or whatever, like all of that is just not my belief on what art and what creativity is supposed to do and how it's supposed to help and serve you and the people who consume your art. Yeah, I think it, it falls more into that same, that same uh, uh, story of, the art is for special people. It's for the the you know elite or for just those who are chosen, and you know the the tortured souls that are that live this strange existence. And that's what an artist is. And you know you can't have you can't be an artist and live a normal life. It has to be a twisted life. And it's that same thing. And 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 that it's such a it's such bullshit. Yeah. That you know you can be a perfectly happy person with like a job and a family and you know a dog and whatever else you want and also be an artist that that's not only is that fine that's good that's what you're supposed to do that torturing yourself is a separate issue altogether yeah it, it really is and i think that i think it comes from like i believe that especially writers but writers and actors um, that they are like empaths that like, I believe mm -hmm. that, that we feel things. We are sympathetic criers. Like we feel the pain mm -hmm. and the, the, we can really like physically feel and mentally feel an anguish that somebody else has, which allows us to capture that on the page or which allows us to create mm -hmm. characters and make them believable because we can take that on and we can feel that energy ourselves. But I think the problem is like, if you're new to that and you don't understand how to work with that, you start to believe that that's your only, that, that that's your emotion or your story or that you have mm -hmm. to tap into your own pain to get it on the page and to create that kind of magic. And I think that when you become more aware, you start practicing self-care, right? Like you start, yeah. you're like, oh, maybe I should meditate before or maybe I should have like healthy breaks and I should be active and I should do X, Y, yeah. and Z so that I'm not carrying the weight of these stories or the weight of um, that emotional trauma that I'm writing about into yeah. my personal life. It's a way of understanding and separating the two so that you are, you do have happiness and you do have joy and you don't have to play the martyr, but that you can tap into those kinds of, real emotions in your work when needed and called upon. Yeah. I, you know, I think we just really like the narrative of the, the suffering artists who, who makes it big on their, on their talent. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's an exciting story, right? Like, Oh, this poor person had all this terrible stuff going on. And then because of their magic creativity, they now are a star, right? Like that's yeah. the story. And that's not the story <laughs> like that. That, that is, I think, what everyone wants to cast artists as. And if you don't fit into that narrative, then you fail. And that's it. But the thing is, that narrative has nothing to do with anything. Like, it's just not even, it's, it's not, it's nothing. It's, it's just a, yeah. Yeah. So. We are running long again. 
gosh darn it, we have a lot to say about this book. You First of all, go read the book. Um, so the last part is actually, fortunately, very short. Um, is The section is called Divinity. And for me, I just put down one line for this, and it just says, Only when we are at our most playful can divinity finally get serious with us. It goes back to that, that uh, trickster stuff, some of the other stuff that we were talking about last week, about... Um, you know, letting go, reckless abandon, deeply disciplined half-assed, is that keeping that playfulness, which is critical, and and that is what makes the magic happen. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think the thing that I took away from this section was that, like, it all matters and it all doesn't. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, so in the end, like, be aware of these things. Know that they exist. Like, know that there's going to be a part of you that feels like you need to be the martyr or that you need to do X, Y, and Z. But there's a part of you that needs to be the trickster, that needs to trust, that needs to, like, face fear. Um, like we talked about last week, even that facing fear can be really complicated. So it's it's almost mm-hmm. like, I think there's power in knowing. There's just power in knowledge and mm-hmm. and reflection and thinking about these things so that as you're going through your journey you're giving space for the like big magic to happen but you're not tearing yourself down if it doesn't or you're not you know getting caught in these cycles that are going to be unproductive like that's what to me writer's block is it's it's like Mm -hmm. you're resisting something um whether it's on the page or like something that you're actually writing or creating or it's something emotionally that's blocking you from telling the story that you really need to tell and I think Sometimes people sit in those cycles for a very long time because they can't face the like, they can't face the fear, right? Yeah. Of getting it wrong yeah. or whatever it is. If they don't want to look deeper to figure out what's blocking them. Yeah. And, and saying no is much easier. So, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, not, not complaining, but writing is, in fact, you know, can be tricky. But trust in it. It'll happen. There is magic. You're not, you're not alone. I almost ended the podcast right there. That was very dangerous. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, whoops. Okay, never mind. Just slide um, into that anything... end line. <laughs> yeah. Woo, careful. Uh, but speaking of ending the podcast, is there anything else we want to go over uh, about this book or anything else in the world or, you know, life? You know, anything? I think it's, I mean, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, we think you should read the book. Mary likes it more than I do, but I do think it's worthwhile. It's a short read. Like the audiobook was five hours, so it's not a heavy read. And I do think it's one of those books, if you get it in ebook or, or, you know, like a paperback that you might, you'll probably mark up, right? Like I do have a Mm -hmm. lot of great quotes (laughs) that I like wrote down or I can see like Mm -hmm. on my Pinterest board, I grabbed some things. So there's a lot of good nuggets just to remind yourself of things that you should hold true to. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a one of those you reread every once in a while. Like like the the War of Art and this one. You know, every once every couple months, you know, um bird by bird, writing down the bones. Mm, just you know, every couple one. months pick it up, leaf through them, just to kinda refresh you a little bit. That that's what this is in that group for me. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap up now. Um, is there anything else we wanted to cover? 
Oh, I was waiting with bated breath. I was like, say it, say it. We're going to wrap up. Okay, okay, well, I'm going to say it now. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready. So remember, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye. Bye. Bye.